Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had, and she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first, and she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly, but when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work, which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, The Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the Word, pray the Word, study the Word, proclaim the Word, and live the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. Our application from last Sunday's 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading tells how God made marriage to bring about oneness. The second reading shows that kindness can lead to suffering, which will lead to obedience, which is the core of love. The gospel shows us that Jesus is the only way to oneness. This week, listen to your spouse. Really listen to what is being said. Your response will determine how well you are listening. Spend more time alone with Jesus and read his holy word on marriage. 
Then share together what he is telling both of you. The strength and power of a person is in his ability to listen. If your marriage has ended in divorce or death, renew your covenant with Jesus. Let him become your spouse and let him fill in the empty spots in your life. He can and he will. Deacon Ken from one of his books wrote, I did very poorly this week. My response was erratic. I listened very poorly, and it became very obvious that I listened selectively. I will be more attentive, even if it kills me. And I answer that. Jesus has filled the empty spots in my life. The mystery revealed is Christ in me, the hope for glory. How can I do anything but jump for joy? He is always in me and will never leave me. What was a helpful or a new thought from the readings or from the homily you heard on Sunday? And from what you learned, what personal application did you choose to apply to your life this week? Deacon Ken, God instituted marriage to bring a man and woman into oneness. His application, trying to be still and really listen to my wife. I listened, I learned, I applied. Another book, There is No Shortcut to Holiness. The path to holiness is through obedience and suffering. Application, to keep on praying and trust in the Lord. Another book, Oneness is God's Will and Isolation is Satan's Will. Application, I am trying to put my feelings and needs aside. And through the grace of Christ, Look at Marie's needs. And I answer that marriage brings oneness when Christ is the center and coming to God as a little child brings healing. My application, put my total dependence on God, especially to feel loved. And another thought I have, total dependence on God in both husband and wife makes them one. Becoming humble and dependent on God to fill our need for love releases the spouse. I know for years I would tell Ken I don't feel loved. Once I put the focus on God and not Ken to fill that need and concentrated on loving him, I received healing. I had to stop looking to Ken to love me the way I felt loved as a child. From an old book dated 1999 to 2006, I wrote, we became one flesh the day we were married. The Lord Jesus was crowned with glory and honor because of what he suffered and the children are who the kingdom of God belongs. No divorce because you are one and that one body goes to Christ as a child does. The application, because we are one body, go to Christ daily, submitting all we are and all we have to him on a daily basis and look to God to provide the care, love, and needs that we have as a child would to a parent. Go to Jesus, to the Father, for the Father's provision, love, and go to Mary for the motherly love and needs to be brought to Jesus. This Sunday, 
is the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The gospel is from Mark 10, 17 to 30. As he was setting out on a journey, a man came running up, knelt down before him and asked, good teacher, what must I do to share an everlasting life? Jesus answered, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You have the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not be a false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied, teacher, I have kept all these since my childhood. Then Jesus looked at him with love and told him, there is one thing more you must do. Go and sell what you have and give to the poor. You will then have treasure in heaven. After that, come and follow me. At these words, the man's face fell. He went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples could only marvel at his words. So Jesus repeated what he had said. My sons, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. They were completely overwhelmed at this and exclaimed to one another. Then who can be saved? Jesus fixed his gaze on them and said, for man, it is impossible, but not for God. With God, all things are possible. Peter was moved to say to him, we have put aside everything to follow you. Jesus answered, I give you my word. There is no one who has given home, brothers or sisters, mother or father, children or property for me and for the gospel who will not receive in this present age a hundred times as many homes, brothers and sisters, mothers, children and property, and persecution besides, and in the age to come, everlasting life. The word of the Lord. Questions. When the man asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life, what did the man call Jesus? Good teacher. And what was Jesus's response? Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. What did Jesus say about the commandments? You know the commandments. You shall not kill, commit adultery, steal, be a false witness, defraud, and honor your father and your mother. And what did the man say he has done with them? He has kept them since childbirth. How did Jesus look at the man? With love. What did he say he was lacking? One thing more. And what did he tell him to do? Go sell what you have and give to the poor. You will then have treasure in heaven. What did those who believed and were baptized do with their property and possessions? Acts 2, 44 to 45 says, those who believe shared all things in common. They would sell their property and goods, dividing everything on the basis of each one's need. What happened to the rich young man? 
his face fell. He went away sad, for he had many possessions. And as Jesus looked around, what did he say to his disciples? How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. How did the disciples react to Jesus's words? They could only marvel at his words. And what did he say again? My sons, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. What does the lure of riches do to the word of God? Mark 4, 19 says, but anxieties over life's demands and the desire for wealth and cravings of other sorts come to choke it off. It bears no yield. What did the disciples say to themselves? Then who can be saved? And what did Jesus say was possible for God? With God, all things are possible. What did Jesus tell his disciples that they will receive for giving up everything to follow him? A hundred times as many more homes, brothers and sisters, mothers, children, and property. And when would they receive it? In the present age. What did he tell the disciples they would receive along with houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands? Persecution besides, and in the age to come, everlasting life. Personal. What can you give up in order to follow Jesus? Is there anything in your life holding you back? And how can you come to a point of trusting Jesus in this area? Before you purchase anything, ask yourself these questions. Is this a need or a want? Is this going to be a benefit in my relationship with others? Is this something Jesus, Mary, or Joseph would buy if it were available to them? Deacon Ken answered this, television, putting up the trash, pray longer and more. Another book, The Distraction of TV. I feel pretty good in my discipline of buying or not buying. I try to ask myself, what would Jesus do? And I answer that, my family, but I don't know if God wants me to do that right now. I have been wanting to sell all I have and give the kids an early inheritance and follow in St. Mother Teresa's footsteps, but not seeing my family, especially the great-grandchildren. I am not sure if that is where the Lord is calling me, but I am drawn to an order, living in community and going out with them to serve the poor. I just went shopping for walking shoes, but have plenty of old shoes in my closet. So I came home empty handed. In an old book dated 1999, 2006, I wrote, nagging Ken and mostly impatience with him, not accepting him as he is. So I've got to give up that nagging. What's holding me back is pride interfering with God by keeping quiet and loving him at all times, having compassion on him when he complains about his health. Read and meditate on Psalm 90, 12 to 17. 
Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Fill us at daybreak with your kindness, that we may shout for joy and gladness all our days. Make us glad for the days when you afflicted us, for the years when we saw evil. Let your work be seen by your servants and your glory by their children. And may the gracious care of the Lord, our God, be ours. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Prosper the work of our hands. What is the Lord saying to you personally through the psalm? How can you apply this to your life? Deacon Ken had, let us see your miracles again. Application, I will act with complete confidence on God's healing word. In another book, he wrote, let your work be seen by your servants. Application, let my actions be an accurate description of Christ himself here in our midst. And I answered that, prosper the work of our hands. My application, continue to write on the podcast and continue doing the Bible study with a small group. Use my hands to caress and love my family. The commentary, Mark 10, 17 to 30. In today's gospel, we see Jesus stop a young man in his tracks and tell him to not use flattery on him. Jesus did not let the young man continue to address him as good teacher. He was, in effect, saying to the rich young man to stop and think of what he was saying and doing. Jesus was telling him, even at the very outset, to count the cost in that becoming a Christian was not based on sentimental passion. Jesus was the ultimate teacher in that he knew that the teacher or preacher must never point to himself, but he must always point to God. The man's statements were a testimony to the fact that responsibility is not enough. The man was saying he never did anyone any harm in his whole life. The rich young man was missing the real question even today. What good have we done? Jesus confronted him with a challenge, and he does that today to all of us. In effect, Jesus told him to get out of his moral respectability, stop looking at goodness as consisting in not doing this or that. Jesus was really asking the man, how much do you want real Christianity do you want it enough to give away all your possessions? The man told Jesus that he wanted it, but not as much as all that. The man is really not very different from a lot of people in our society today who really want goodness in their lives, but not enough to pay the price. Jesus is looking at you today with the same appeal of love and with the challenge to live the Christian way. God grant that he may never look at you with sorrow because of your refusal to be all that you can be through him. 
the application. The first reading tells us that wisdom is a gift from God. The second reading shows us that God's word is like a hammer that smashes the rocks in our life. The gospel reveals God calling us to be all that we can be. This week, show your family your true wealth, not your worldly possessions, but the real treasure that is in your heart. Show them the power of God's holy word by taking time to read scripture each day to your children. Read scripture with your spouse every day. Witness to your family that they are rich in being children of God. Remember, respectability is in not what not do, but in what you do. Remember, to some people in your walk of life, the only Bible that they will read will be you. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this lesson, and thank you for being with us today. You're the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Help us to give up everything to come and follow you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.